founder Deanne, and welcome to my podcast, Things I Talk About. Today, I am so excited to have Laura Reiner on the show with me. Laura is going to be sharing with us her incredible story of how her life was completely transformed after a traumatic brain injury. I had the pleasure of speaking with Laura prior to this episode and was excited when she mentioned that she was familiar with human design. So I've been listening to some of your work, Laura, that you've done conversations and interviews you've had on other podcasts. And it's been so fascinating to me to hear your story and know a little bit about your human design. So I've asked Laura to join us here today and that she would be maybe willing to share with us her story. And we're also going to be doing a little reflection as she shares more about her human design journey. So Laura, thank you so much for joining me here today. I'd love to start off to hear a little bit more about you. Can you share a little bit more about yourself? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Cassandra. So um, I, it's so funny, especially getting into the human design piece, the more that I've learned about it, it's, it definitely really speaks to my identity and who I am. And so um, for the majority of my life, I worked or for the last almost 10 years, I guess, I worked as a nurse in a neonatal intensive care unit. And especially over the last five years, but really looking back through the majority of my life, I've had a lot of unexplained health problems and Mm. a lot of issues that really couldn't be identified as to what the source was. And I actually think now, especially over learning the last year, a lot of it relates to my human design. And <laughs> um, and it's been really fascinating to learn about. And I spent the last year um, writing a book and diving really deep into trauma healing and also just um, living more as my design. And the more that I've done that, the more I've seen the benefits and the growth. And it's been just a really fascinating journey so far. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's I, I'm so excited to dive in deeper. This it's going to be fun. It's going to yeah. be fun. And uh yeah, awesome. Well, thank you. So, I'm going to just kind of jump in real deep here and I mean, I'd love to hear your story. Can you tell us more about your your injury and what happened to you? What you experienced? Absolutely. So, December 2021, I was just hanging out with friends and I was playing with my friend's kid and it was just innocent and an an accident. And what happened was I fell backwards onto this Mm. stone marble structure and hit my head. And if you've met a lot of nurses, nurses love to avoid the hospital at all costs. And so I kind of did my own, you know, in the moment neurological assessment thinking I'm okay. (laughs) I feel fine. I know where I am, all that stuff. I think I'm okay. And I ended up going home. I went to bed that night. Everything was seemingly fine. And I woke up the next morning with significant eye bruising and Mm. I couldn't stop vomiting, which I knew that those Mm. were potential signs of a skull fracture and a concussion. And I still was like, oh, I just don't know if it's that serious. Went to urgent care first. And then of course they directed me right to the hospital. And, you know, cognitively I was fine. I was, I knew where I was. I was answering all the questions. Um, I was doing really well with the neurological exams. There was nothing outside of 
the fact that I hit my head and had this bruising and vomiting to show that there was anything bigger going on. Mm -hmm. They ended up deciding to give me a CT scan just because those could, you know, be significant neurological problems. And it turned out I had massive bleeds at multiple levels on my brain that were, that had shifted my brain to the left and were pressing it down towards my brainstem and would have ultimately killed me by the next day if I didn't have surgery. Wow. So I ended up having pretty, uh, not quite emergency, but urgent, urgent brain surgery. And, you know, things, I, it was just, it was all happening so fast. I hadn't really taken it all in until I went home. And when I went home, I thought, okay, you know, the worst is over. Now we're just, we can focus on healing. And then I went home and I had a seizure. Mm. I developed a life-threatening reaction to a medication that I was on. I ended up developing a new brain bleed because even though I was resting more than I had ever rested before, this was the like that was such a challenge for me because I'd never been a rester Mm -hmm. and I was doing everything I could to rest and take it easy, but I was still overdoing it. And that led to Mm. a new brain bleed, which meant another brain surgery, which the likelihood of coming out, you know, as well as I, as I was at the time from another brain surgery was pretty low. So I sunk into the deepest, you know, depression was having constant panic attacks, just really wishing that I died and had never gone to the hospital when I had that initial accident. And then just one day, I don't know what it was, but just one day I just had this revelation with that just sunk in. That was like, if I don't change my mindset and if I don't work on healing, there's obviously something more under the surface that I need Mm -hmm. to be figuring out, then I am going to die. And, you know, this was kind of the, the cherry on top of five years of previous health problems that all yeah. more life-threatening as well. And so I knew there must be something more. And that's what led me down the rabbit hole of exploring trauma healing. And I learned that outside of just, you know, the things that had happened to me in the last five years, I had a lot of significant trauma from my childhood that I needed to heal. Mm. So, and through all of that, I mean, the levels of healing that I've reached have been unbelievable, but also that was what initially led me down the path of learning about human design. And it's funny because I'm a projector and projectors are supposed to be all about rest. And I have been the antithesis of rest for the entirety of my life. And I'm sure that that was a big contributor to a lot of my health problems and things like that, but it was just a big wake up call. And it's weird for me to say, but I truly do believe that the brain injury was in a lot of ways, the best thing that happened to me because I would have Mm -hmm. continued you know, overachieving, working crazy amounts of overtime, doing a lot of drugs, drinking nonstop. Like I was just living super unhealthily and I never would have stopped unless it had been Mm -hmm. something like this that actually made me stop and completely shift everything about my life. My goodness. I'm just like processing all that. I mean, when I had my son, um, I about, I mean, it took like multiple people just to like get me to chill out to have the, the epidural. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't, I mean, I can't imagine being in a situation like that. Like you said, not once, but twice, you know, having to go through that. And that's, I mean, major, oh my gosh, I can only imagine, um, what it felt like to go through that it's incredible to hear you say that you were able to have this moment where you said okay 
maybe there's something else underneath here. Maybe something else needs to change. And I think that's great because it it does it is unfortunate that it came to that point but yet at the same time i you know you, you can witness all the time people have similar circumstances and not reach that point of reflection so that's incredible thank you so much for sharing that so I would love to hear if you could kind of elaborate a little bit more about how did you stumble upon human design or at what point you stumbled upon it in your journey? So when I have this kind of mindset shift where I was like, oh my gosh, I have to, something's got to change. And that led to the path of trauma healing. Cause I've always been someone who had really significant anxiety that I couldn't really identify a cause for. And so between knowing that I needed to heal trauma, but also knowing I needed to heal my mindset because, oh my gosh, my mindset was terrible. I was so negative. I always thought the worst things were going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. I just, I was almost incapable of believing that I could heal and that things could get better. And so I started because at the time during my brain injury recovery, I really couldn't do much. I couldn't watch TV. I couldn't be on my phone. Screens Mm -hmm. are really bad for healing. So I got into podcasts actually, and I don't even know how actually, but I stumbled across um, Catherine Zinkina's podcast, Manifestation Babe. And one of the first episodes I heard actually was with um, Eden Carpenter regarding human design. And it was, it was like an hour and a half. I think it was a long one. And I was just glued and I thought, whoa, this is interesting because personally for me, I've never gotten really into astrology. I can, I I get why people are, but it's never really resonated the same, but human design really did. And learning that I was a projector and a splenic projector and a one, three investigator martyr profile, it all just, whoa, it was just like, wait, hold on. How do you know all this? Like it, it almost just felt very like, is this like, am I being punked? Like how did, how did they perfectly identify so many characteristics about me? And also, especially learning that, you know, I had always been conditioned to be a type A overachiever. You have Mm -hmm. to be productive. You have to be successful, go a million miles an hour. So in so many ways, it was functioning, you know, I guess more generator, Mm manny-gen-like and not projector-like. And, you know, I've had health, I've had various health issues since I was a kid, a lot of really unexplained injuries and things that have kind of stopped me in my tracks when I'm going too fast and too hard, but I never connected it to that mm-hmm. because I, I didn't know. And as I started learning more and realizing, wow, like this all makes so much more sense. And so that was about a year and a half ago. Well, I guess, yeah, a little over a year and a half ago. And um, I resisted it. I completely resisted it at first because I thought, no way, I'm not a projector. I'm someone who, <laughs> you know, I would work 14 hour shifts, multiple days mm-hmm. a week as a charger in the NICU, I would just run. I, I could just do anything and come to find out that was more related to a completely uh, hyperactive nervous system as opposed to living truly as myself. And as I have backed off, it's been really cool to see how much more creative I am and how much better I feel and how mm-hmm. things just do just seem to work more naturally for me than when I push. And I, I still struggle with it. It's it's hard, you know, 35 years of living this one way pretty much and trying to shift. It's It's been a, a learning curve for sure, but I can definitely tell that as I embrace, you know, 
my energy type more that things really do align more. And it's, it's been a really fun and interesting process to watch. Mm, I love it. I'm, I keep peeking over at your chart as you're, yeah. as you're talking like, mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's awesome. And just for our listeners, uh, so to add to this, so I am a certified human design reader and I want to just real quick kind of give a general idea of what projector is because I know we're talking about that and so I am the manifesting generator and so when I was listening to your interviews I was like wait no that's that's <laughs> yeah like you said that's generator that's manifesting mm-hmm. generator that's yeah and so I was like oh yeah okay I, I see it so a projector in human design is the guide they're very skilled at having that bird's eye perspective but part of that is is that if you think of it as the person that is very gifted in if you if you you give them something within their field of interest they can take it they can organize it they can see different perspectives from different angles they have a unique ability to refine it and make it worth more. They are just gifted in all of these things where they see things sometimes where others don't. They also have a talent for recognizing skills in others and being able to plug people in to the places that are best for them. And they say that the future CEO will be the projector because it is an energy that is gifted in this way. But if you think of it in that sense, it's like the person that is able to do these things on a more limited range of energy. So it's it's meant to be efficient, but it's not meant to carry the typical, you know, um, nine to five career or I mean, in your case, in the nurse, you were kind of going above and beyond even that. And so, you know, the skill for the projector is to learn to sort of embody the moment, to be present and to have their cup full because they're the they're the bird's eye perspective. You know, if the projector's cup is full, they're able to see and offer guidance and realizations that sometimes those in different circumstances might not be aware of. So the projector is supposed to be a little more grounded in the essence of who they are and selective and where they spend their energy, where a manifesting generator and a generator, which I'm a manifesting generator is, yeah, it's, we're like the energizer bunnies. We, we go, go, go and, and go some more. And as long as we're following the things that light us up, we have excessive energy to do so, where the projector is definitely more of a guide and meant to have a more yin essence of who they are and how they operate. So that that's a little bit more for anyone listening that's not familiar with uh, what a projector is. So that being said, Laura, let's let me ask you this. So how would you say understanding your energy type as a projector really helped you a Line more authentically to who you are as an individual? 
Well, I mean, like I said at first, I was like, absolutely not. This can't be true. This is so not me. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, I had just always, I played competitive sports at an early age. I, you know, wanted to excel in school. Everything was, and with projectors, success is really important. Mm-hmm. But for me, being raised in more of the, you know, the generator many gen world and also just having this really heightened nervous system, frankly, due to a lot of trauma, I was able to almost dissociate energetically and was able to just kind of go, but also I needed, I thought I needed that ability to constantly be busy because it prevented me from getting in my head. Mm-hmm. So I got really good at that. And it's funny because um, I worked so as a charge nurse in a neonatal intensive care unit, the things that I excelled at the most were kind of more systems approach it approach and uh, coming up with ideas for my unit and a lot of education. Those were the areas that I feel like I really excelled and I enjoyed the most. And I love my job in its entirety, but I was just living in a constant state of burnout and that manifested as being sick a lot. I broke my back twice. Mm. I had, you know, I broke multiple bones actually like over the course of four years. And, um, I ended up having a blood clot in my lung and I had all of these health problems because I was just going and I was really reliant in my time. I just, well, my time at work, I was very reliant on caffeine. That was very heavily overly used. And then in my time outside of work, I was getting drunk all the time, doing a lot of drugs, just kind of doing whatever I could to, I guess, disconnect in a lot of ways. And, but I was just, I was functional. I was, I was really functional in this chronic, crazy, stressed, stressed out, acute stress response, I guess, from my nervous system. And I was doing it and I thought, oh, this is fine. This is energy. To me, this is what I thought energy was. And with my brain injury, when I had zero energy and sleep Mm -hmm. is truly the best thing you can do for a recovering brain. And so I was sleeping like 16 hours, 16 hours a day in between naps and things. And oh my gosh, at first, just my conditioned self was like, this is a waste of time. Like I'm so lazy and just really struggling with that. And I had to shift and be like, no, 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 no. This is what I need. This is clearly what my body needs. Mm -hmm. And so over the last year and a half, I've learned for the first time in my life to listen to my body because I had really completely dissociated from how I was feeling. I would just go. It didn't matter if I was tired. It didn't matter if I didn't feel good. I just have to go. And that's how I train myself. So now I listen to my body and my body kind of dictates a lot of what I do. And I've gotten a lot better about, you know, I'll have plans or something that I need or feel I need or want to do in a day, but my body's just like, nope, we need to rest. We need to chill. And that used to really mess me up because I'd be like, uh-uh, like we can't do that. We have, we have to be productive. We have to get stuff done. And now for instance, even yesterday I, I did a workout and my body was just like, we're done for the day. And I, mm-hmm. and I had to accept that. And I took a nap. I meditated. I just kind of chilled. And I was like, I know that I've learned that, especially as a projector, it's about, it's the long game. And so for me, I have to rest. I have to take on these moments of pausing to let my body recover so that I can, when I am ready to, you know, step up to work, I'm in that place where I'm able to have the energy, be efficient and be creative because I can tell if I just push my effort is bad. Like my output just, it's not the same and it's really Mm -hmm. just worth it. So it's been a lot of retraining myself to not work just to work, to actually be like, nope, I know that 
I can be super efficient and effective in a one to two hour period when I am rested and feeling good versus just trying to just push out, you know, output and stuff just for the sake of it. So that's it's and still it's it's still a challenge. It's still just, I mean, our society is not this way, you know, Mm -hmm. traditionally. And so I still struggle with it, but I've gotten significantly better and at accepting it and and just truly seeing evidence that when I do actually take this rest time and do interrupt my day because my body's not feeling it, I do better in the long run. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. I, I can, I, I can relate to some of the things you're saying, even with the difference in energy type, I've, I, like you said, it's like the society, the culture that we're in, but yet no matter what our energy type is, we're still meant to sort of balance that energy. And I used to, I've realized for myself, there are circumstances where, you know, I say, oh, I need to do this. To, I should be doing this. I should be doing this. And I would try to force it. And what I found is that if I just stop and do what my body, like you said, is calling me to do that ultimately I get whatever that is that I need to get done done a lot quicker when I wait till the moment is right and then it's like oh yeah you know it's just accomplished it's done you know versus the time I would spend just no I need to do this and it just takes forever (laughs) and is draining yeah yeah extremely Uh, yeah I can tell you I mean during my book writing process there were so many days where I just would get this kind of deadline or, you know, word count or something in my head that I felt I had to get done for no particular reason other than just, I created this, you know, this idea. And I would just push, even though it wasn't quality. And I knew, I I knew that it wasn't good and it would get super frustrating, but I would just put this pressure on myself. And I've learned that when I take away that pressure and just say, you know what, the the timeline's going to happen when it happens. Mm -hmm. I just do so much better because when I really push too hard and and don't get me wrong, there are times that, especially in the past, when I have a deadline, I can show up and have the right amount of pressure Mm -hmm. that can allow me to achieve um, and still do a good job. But when it's, when it's the draining pressure where it's Mm -hmm. my, I'm just not energetically there. And I just, and I know it, I know it. And I still keep pushing. It's just, it doesn't work. And it ends up just, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't make a difference. And in hindsight, if I you know could go back to those times, if I had just stopped taking a break and come back at another time when I felt better, it would have been so much more efficient. I mean, there were mm-hmm. times that during my writing process, I could, you know, belt out thousands of words within an hour or two hours. And other times it would take me a full day to do that. But, but mm-hmm. that's just the difference between me not listening to my body and not recognizing the signs when I'm, you know, kind of tapping out versus when I'm just in that zone and I can fully, fully do it. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's good. I love it. So let's, let's, you mentioned your book. Let's talk a little bit about that. So can you share with us a little bit more about your book, uh, the experience, what it's about, anything you can share with us? Absolutely. So my book is called, no, I'm not fine. Thank you. And it's my personal story about how basically my traumatic brain injury led me to this trauma healing, mental health, mindset healing, body healing, all the healing path. And I talk about, you know, how the 
five years prior of health problems and divorce and significant life events mm. also were just things that happened that, you know, never really caught my attention and how it really took the traumatic brain injury specifically, because that was the thing that forced a complete shutdown in my world for me to recognize how I wasn't happy and how how much I was barely just kind of getting by in a lot of respects. And through that, I was able to explore some really deep healing, a lot of trauma healing. I did, you know, all the modalities that I could find, um, EMDR, somatic experiencing, craniosacral therapy, neurofeedback, lots of mind body work, functional medicine, really all the things that I could, because I, I knew like, this is, this is not, the way I'm living is it's not working. And through all that, I wrote about my story. And, you know, during that time, especially when I was first uh, dabbling with trauma, because I I was aware of some of the trauma that had happened in my childhood, mm-hmm. but I also, there was a lot I wasn't aware of. And I, I laugh only because my job was in- incredibly traumatic. And that was something that I had zero awareness to how draining mm-hmm. and how just the emotional and physical toll that it took on me. And so through all that, I, I realized that I wasn't able to be healthy in that kind of environment. I didn't really have good boundaries at work. I was just going to overdo it. And even in my short stint of attempting to come back to work for limited hours, limited responsibilities, because this was still a time when, you know, my brain was recovering. I was struggling to do math, I was struggling with speech. I was struggling with word processing, all the things and I still pushed too hard. And I, and that was mm-hmm. when I realized this career just is not for me anymore. And I started writing for more of a therapeutic benefit. Um, actually, really initially, it was mostly just kind of as a short-term memory test because memory was a challenge. And that quickly turned to more journaling and writing out my feelings because I was just a hot mess and it was just all stirring up inside and I didn't know what to do with it. And I just kind of, and then that led me to just kind of start writing. And I realized, wow, this might benefit people because for me, a lot of the books that I've read and listened to about trauma were almost so traumatizing and triggering that I either couldn't finish or it was painful to get through. And my goal with my book was to have it be a much more relatable and vulnerable, but also, you know, has elements of, you know, my snarky nature and lightheartedness to also show that this can be relatable, this is achievable. And my story, even though, you know, there's the specifics of the brain injury and events like that, a lot of the things that happened to me and a lot of the thoughts I created and a lot of, you know, the stories that my mind created, I know a lot of other people experience too. And so I really wanted to just share my story in a way and the growth that I've been able to achieve so that other people can feel less alone during this process. Cause it, it can be an incredibly daunting and lonely mm-hmm. process and scary. And just a lot of times feel like it's not worth it because it can be so challenging, but all in all, I, like I said earlier, I'm grateful that the brain injury happened because it led me down this journey. And yes, there were hard parts. Yes. There were parts that I was like, what am I doing? But for the most, I mean, completely, I'm fully grateful that I've gone down this path and it's transformed really everything about my life. Mm. That's beautiful. Oh, yeah, goodness. That's that's awesome. It sounds like, yeah, hearing you speak to this, it sounds like, yeah, you've you've gone through a lot of things, you've learned a lot of things. So I want to ask you of of 
what would your advice be to anyone in a circumstance where, you know, they're, they've either come to that realization that something needs to change, you know, or they're in the midst, like you said, it's hard when you're in the midst of it. What would your guidance be or advice for anybody in those circumstances of how they can go forth on this healing journey of recovering from traumatic circumstances or trauma? So great question. And I think it really is individualized in a lot of respects to everyone. I think the first thing is having that support network. And for me, that came in the form of especially my boyfriend and close friends here. They were the people that I knew I could just be like, Hey, I am unwell right now. And just kind of really talk about what I was going through because a lot of times it feels so isolating that you feel like, Oh, I don't want to burden people. And Oh, well, they're not going to understand. But for me, talking it out is incredibly beneficial. So having at minimum one, one person, even if it's, you know, someone that you find through a community online or whatever, but just someone who can resonate and listen and just help you feel less alone. That I think is huge. And then in terms of, I mean, oh my gosh, there's, there's so many, thankfully there's so many trauma healing modalities now, which is great, but it can be really intimidating. And for me, I didn't really, like, I kind of knew where to start, but not really. And so for me, and again, this probably is part of my line one, but I did a lot of research to see what feels best for me. Mm-hmm. And for me, the starting point, because I also think a big thing is it's not just, oh, this is, you know, the therapy that seems like it works the best for everybody. It's finding what modality is best for you at that time. And for me, the thing that I really dove into first was somatic experiencing. And that was exactly what I needed. It was gentle. It was very body focused. It wasn't a lot of reliving memories. I don't think like, and don't get me wrong, EMDR did so much for me with my healing and my growth. But if I had started with EMDR, I think my path would have been a lot different because it, excuse me, it was a lot of reliving memories. And Mm -hmm. I don't think I was ready for that initially. So I think it really is just kind of exploring what types of therapies are out there and seeing what feels right. And for me also, I mean, really, I guess even before the somatic therapy and whatnot, I got into meditating like immediately because I was like, this is something I can do at home. This is a way to connect into my body. This is a way to rest. And that's huge as well. And so there's so many free resources like meditations on YouTube. I love finding meditations on YouTube, tapping videos, EFT Um, emotional freedom technique tapping. There's a lot of things you can do at home that can be a good jumping off point to kind of get your feet wet and see, does this feel right? And if it doesn't, you can try something else. And so I think it's kind of seeing all of those options and just identifying what is right for me right now and kind of taking it easy because that was another thing I failed at. Frankly, I went too hard, too fast. I was doing, you know, all of these different therapies all at the same time. And my body couldn't take it. I was a hot mess. I was unwell because I thought, oh, well, I have so much to heal from that. I need to do it all now. And that's not reality. Mm-hmm. It really, it sticks best and it lands the best for you and creates the most longevity for healing when you take a slower approach because you don't really realize, at least for me, I didn't realize how much of my trauma was deeply ingrained in my nervous system 
And as I started to have more awareness to my nervous system and just, you know, reassociating feeling into my body, it was overwhelming. And mm-hmm. so I had to really kind of dial it back and take it slow. So I think just kind of the big, the big takeaways are having support, going slow and just finding that modality that kind of speaks to you that feels like a, a good and safe starting point that will, will work for you. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I, I know for me, meditation also was really big. And I think that, you know, I think that anybody that is at that point, really, I think celebrating the fact that you're just doing that once Mm -hmm. more, there are a lot of people that don't do that or they come to the realizations, like you said, where you're like, oh, something has to change and no, there's probably something underneath there, but decide, okay, yeah, no, I'm not gonna, (laughs) I'm not gonna go down that path. You know, I, I know when I was going through my healing, my husband would say, yeah, a lot of people wouldn't choose to do what you're doing because it is, it is challenging at first, but I think the, with that, I'd also say, um, that also it's when you realize that there is something that is off or, you know, does need adjusting to not beat yourself up about it. That was another one, you know, that, um, I had to work on because it's easy to be frustrated and especially, I would find the more difficult trauma, you know, it wasn't like a one and done. It took, Mm -hmm. you know, it took some trial and error to go through. And there were times where I was like, dang it, I did it again, you know, and but giving yourself that grace and slowing down. I love how you mentioned, you know, going through this process, even healing, you realize, okay, I need to slow it down. And just giving yourself that space is, is, yeah, yeah, I love it. So thank you so much. So I'm wondering if I've kind of been like, looking at your chart, as I mentioned, Um, you know, I'm wondering if maybe you would mind if I share a couple uh, things that kind of stood out to me on your human design chart. How does that sound? I would love it. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. And I think this will especially be fun for listeners because they've been able to hear your story and just kind of see how it plays out. So first off, I loved hearing you talk about and you recognized your one showing up in the desires to um, learn things and explore things. And so when we're talking about, when I say the number one in human design, there are six different lines in the human design chart. And if you are familiar with your human design chart, you're going to find these as the numbers located after the decimal on your chart. And so she does have, I'm looking and there's quite a bit of ones here. So it's fun to see how you've talked about wanting to know the logical side of things and exploring things. You also have gate 63 coming from your head center, which also has this energy of, yeah, I want to know the facts. Tell me the facts. You know, it's the logical mind that likes to the scientific way of processing 
It's fun though, too, because you have a lot going on the center channel down your human design chart, which is very esoteric. And as a matter of fact, one of the channels you do have 4323 is a very esoteric energy that kind of knows things that are sometimes ahead of their time before other people realize it. So it's fun in looking at this because it kind of has this teeter back and forth between the esoteric and the logic which is is fun and you have some pretty powerful you know you are a projector i can see in looking at your chart I can see where there's aspects about you that's like, okay, come on, okay, come on, okay, come on, <laughs> you know, because you've got some powerful gates in your human design chart. And so for those listening, when you're looking at your human design chart, the gates are the numbers one through 64, and these are associated with the I Ching. And so these numbers are part of your chart based off of the time you were born and about three months prior to birth because in human design it's believed that this is when the soul enters the body and if this all sounds a little foreign definitely go check out my video that talks about an introduction to human design but I just want to touch on a little bit so you can follow along with me so in looking at this yeah you have some pretty powerful numbers for example your root center is pretty defined. And so the root center will also give you a little bit of a push to want to, it's like, okay, we're gonna do something. And then it gets to that sacral center that's not defined, which is why you're a projector. And it's like, whoa, 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 let's slow down, <laughs> let's slow down. But the root's like, no, come on, <laughs> you know? And oh, yeah. so you have gate 38, which is the gate of the fighter. It's the warrior, it's like this, this ambitious um go get go get them and the awesome thing about hearing your journey is that the gift here is being able to kind of like endure to hold fast and get through things and goodness gracious hearing your story and what you've gone through the strength of character that is it takes to go through such an experience i can really see this 38 showing up in that sense but yeah it's it's definitely a powerful energy there and then also the you have on your what is called your personality side which is the astrology at the time of birth you have saturn is located on gate 10 and this is behavior of self so it's fullest most aligned expression is kind of like a attunement to the being authentically who you are and it does have this love or appreciation for the body and so that's interesting because when we look at saturn we're looking at things that we're kind of growing into or maturing into and so the repressive side of this can have an energy too of where you're living so much for others and those outside of yourself 
yourself more than you're kind of looking into what does my body need right now? What do I need to do for myself to fill my cup back up so I can share that beautiful projector, you know, guidance that I'm here to share. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool. Um, and also you have your North node and 36. 36 is also kind of a, a heavy gate to have in the sense it can, it's, it's, it has a quality of, um, Typically, there's some sort of serious circumstance or situation that you go through in which you develop or gain emotional clarity and maturity through. And so this gate can have sort of a fear of change. You know, if you think of the person that's like, I don't want to deal with the emotions. I don't want to deal with the challenges, the difficulty. Let me just keep, you know, maintaining the peace. Don't stir the pot, you know, but life throws circumstances that kind of force you into situations to feel different things in the human experience. And why? Because then you're going to share that wisdom, you know, with that mm -hmm. wonderful project uh projector gift you have so there is a lot of times when we see the 36 that there can be some sort of serious life circumstance or situation in which you go through to gain that wisdom in that sense and so yeah a couple a couple other things is um so the 17 which is on your personality side so once again astrology upper so this would be your actual sun sign in astrology so this one here is um can have a energy of comparison um and and worrying about what you know how am i keeping up you know in yep in, you know, according to everybody else, what do I look like? And I know that's one of the things that can be a shadow for a projector is to feel like, oh, you know, I want to be the generator. I want to be the manifesting generator, you know, but really it's, uh, it's funny because as someone that is those things, I, I look at the projector and I'm like, oh, that's so cool, <laughs> you know, because really you guys have this like amazing insight you know that you can share to you know especially as a manifesting generator my shadow is going too fast and having to go back and fix my errors you know i could use more projector energy that's like slow down cassandra let me show you this over here that you're obviously clearly missing <laughs> and so i think that it's neat um and also the 17th can have the 17 can have a little bit of a logic and dogmatic um view about things too and so the gift here is to learning to um sort of be more fluid and your the things you it's called opinions it's associated a lot with opinions so a more open mind to listen to different perspectives and to entertain different possibilities and you i can obviously see here in your chart that you are here to share your message i know i mentioned the gate of the fighter earlier that is actually on your uh design side which is the astrology three months prior to birth your mercury is there and so mercury is communication so it's like enduring and sharing and talking about what you've gone through 
And you also have the 23, which is in the middle. I talked about that area being a little more esoteric. And this 23 has a gift of sharing complicated things that can be hard to understand and simplifying them, bringing it down to very relatable information that people can digest. And so that's pretty cool too. So yeah, those are some of the things that I uh, was enjoying hearing you share your story and kind of peeking out. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So oh, how yeah. does that feel? Does any of it resonate? All of it resonates. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. I mean, it feels like that truly speaks to me throughout my life and especially to where I am now and what my goals are and focus is now. Because And it's so funny because especially the teaching or simplifying complicated uh, concepts, Yeah, that's a lot of what I did in the hospital, a lot of the education that I love doing. And I've been my goal is like, Ooh, I need to find ways to do that now. And that's, that's one of the things that really lights me up. And so it's so cool hearing all that because especially like that, like the, the little esoteric components. Cause I'm like, yeah, I definitely feel that, but I'm not ready to share it. And so, so a lot <laughs> yeah. of it, a lot of it is totally right there. So I, I definitely appreciate that. Thank you. Awesome. Yay. Well, I'm glad. Well, Laura, thank you so much for coming and talking with me here today. Before we close out, can you tell us how people can get in contact with you or reach out to you or where they can purchase your awesome book? Yes, absolutely. So um, my book is available on Amazon. Um, it's called No, I'm Not Fine. Thank you. Um, I'm also, I have a website. It is my first and last name, laurarenner.me. And on my website, actually, I also include a free beginner's guide to trauma healing where I just kind of go over places to start. And so um, you can access that through my website. Also, you can directly message me there or on Instagram. I'm Laura underscore R-E-N-N. And I love to connect with people. I love kind of starting the getting people going with their trauma healing journeys and just kind of talking about my experience. So I'm happy to do that and share that with other people as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. Wonderful. And I'll be sure to include all of those links in the description. So definitely go check Laura out, check her book out. And uh, yeah, it's it's been awesome to have this conversation. I hope for anyone listening, if this is your first time hearing about human design, it's I hope Laura's story helps inspire you on how this modality can be so life-changing and understanding yourself and your energy better. So thank you so much for listening and until next time, have a lovely day. Bye. Bye.